0: If you really want to have a little one who gets interested and loves healthy foods, it can be kind of confusing to know where and when to start. Today I have Heather Stoller, a good friend of mine who's also a mom, a cooking instructor, and a recipe developer who is dedicated to getting kids in the kitchen. So she is the perfect person to chat with today. She went to culinary school. She's worked for many years at a recreational cooking school teaching kids camps and workshops for kids all the way from three to 16. And now you can find Heather online at happykidskitchen.com and on Instagram at heather.happykidskitchen where she shares recipes, lunchbox ideas, and cooking knowledge. So happy to have her here today on Feeding Toddlers Made Easy. I'm Casey Barnes, your host, and welcome, Heather.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you today.
0: Me too. So for those of you who don't know, Heather and I have worked together on a couple projects, and... We have a really amazing cookbook called Simply Satisfying Meals that has all these easy recipes that you can make in your instant pot, your slow cooker, one pot meals, sheet pan meals. Some of my favorite, like honestly, my husband, Ben, he like some of his favorite recipes are from that cookbook. And we have No Sugar Still Sweet, which is recipes that are sweet, but only sweetened with fruit, no added sugar. And I absolutely love that project. So I'll link those in the show notes. But Heather, today we're talking about healthy food activities for toddlers. So tell yeah. us, what are your top tips for parents to get toddlers interested in healthy food?
1: Yeah. So first off, I'm all about not adding one more thing to the to-do list for moms, especially I want to say right off the bat, this is not to make you feel like you have to cook with your kids every day. You have to get in the kitchen and make full recipes. I'm all about having a mindset shift to get your kids in the kitchen and involved in little small ways. So I always say 30 seconds of cooking is enough to get them interested and involved and just feel more connected to the food that you're making. But when you want to do individual activities, say you have a snack time at home with your toddler, I always say get them involved. If you're already cooking, if you're already making something and it's already time to eat, just let them do a little bit, let them help a little bit and the snack time will go so much more smoothly and they're more likely to eat, if not right away, these new foods. They will start learning about them, touching them, smelling them, and that exposure will help them eat them in the future, hopefully. So I have an ebook that I'd love you guys to check out. It's called Easy Snack Activities. That's what I kind of call my snack and activity hybrid. I love that. And it's a free ebook. It's right on my homepage and my website. And it's just eight healthy snacks that kids can help make really easily. So any little bit, I love to teach kids the word garnish. It's a fancy chef word that they love. They feel all proud of themselves when they say the word, but it's just really a fancy way of saying, adding something a little extra on top. So if you're making, you know, I love sprinkles, anything you can like just add a little flourish to the top. If they're having a pasta, they can sprinkle their own cheese on top or just any little way to get them involved at the end of the cooking process. If you're just like don't have it in you to have them help during the cooking, I always say like just have them help at the end, have them pick the plate have them, you know, add those little things on top, have them pick the utensil, like let them pick a silly utensil. Like, you know, I know you love using food picks and those little Mm -hmm. tongs and, you know, it doesn't have to be a big deal, but all those little things add up. So in that easy snack activities, there's all different kinds of little things to check out, you know, like a banana on a stick that they can put their own peanut butter on and add sprinkles or hemp seeds or stuff like that. So that's a really good place to start getting your kids in the kitchen and doing those little activities together.
0: I love that so much. We'll add a link to that free ebook in the show notes. But something that I really like that you said was that this doesn't have to be like, you don't have to be in the kitchen cooking all these meals. You don't have to have this radical shift in what you're already doing you're probably already feeding them snacks. And this is a way that for even parents who are like, I'm not like a cook myself. This is something they could do. Or if they are somebody who's really into it, they can make it super extra fun, like get out more different ingredients to try or different Mm -hmm. types of toppers and things for like that banana one that you're talking about. So I love that.
1: Yeah, it's important to start small and really assess like how much you're willing and able to do at the moment. Like we have so much on our plates already. Like don't give yourself all that extra work, but you can kind of adjust it each day to see when you're feeling up to it and when you're not. So
0: yeah. yeah. And the garnish thing, I'm totally taking that. That sounds (laughs) like such a fun little, like, it's just a word, but it's so much fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. I love teaching kids even like as young as you know, three, like words like garnish or mise en place is a great word. It's just what they use in French kitchens or in culinary school to say you're getting all your ingredients ready. So I'll tell my kids, like, let's get our mise en place. I'll set up and they think they're so fancy for using that big French phrase. But like, really, it's just getting all your
0: stuff out. And it just makes it so much
1: more fun and engaging.
0: Yeah, We were reading uh, Fancy Nancy last night, which maybe Uh you don't know because you have boys. But Fancy Nancy is all about the fun words. And she just says things like ooh la la and like Amelia just loves it.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's just those little things that make kids kind of more engaged and excited.
0: Yes. I didn't learn mise en place until I was, when when my brother was in culinary school Mm and he keeps saying this thing. I feel like I should know what this (laughs) means. So on the whole low effort train, what are some other like bare minimum effort things? Is there anything in particular that you would recommend that's like, no big effort, but we can do this. Yeah, I
1: have a whole list of like 30 second cooking and quotations because a lot of it isn't technically cooking, but it gets kids involved and invested in what you're what you're making that day. It can be anything from, hey, grab the carrot out of the bottom drawer, you know, and if your kiddo's not up for that, like you grab the carrot, you give it to them. And can you walk that over to the, the sink for me or can you wash this with me? Um, You know, washing any kind of vegetable or produce that you're working with is a really great way to get kids have hands-on experience with that produce. Little things like the, the pinch of salt trick is like probably my absolute favorite. I put just a little salt in the palm of my hand so they don't grab the whole handful out of whatever <laughs> container <laughs> you're using. I have uh, made that mistake too many times. So now I put it in the palm of my hand and say, get your pinchers out. And they love showing me their pinchers. I do that in like the kids cooking classes and they take a little pinch and like sprinkle it over. And I say like, it's raining salt, you know, and they just (laughs) sprinkle it all over. And then we... A little experiment we do is I'll take a piece of like food or whatever and they do a pinch of salt and I say, do it really close to the food and they pinch it. And I see like, see, it only got in that one spot and we want all the food to taste good. So that's why we hold it up high and we sprinkle it all over. So that's a really fun experiment to show kids how to season food.
0: Give a big thank you to today's sponsor, one of my all time favorite snack brands for kids and toddlers specifically. It's Scout Organic. Their perfectly sized snack bars are crafted from plant based ingredients, so simple you can count them on your fingers. No artificial stuff and no gluten, dairy, or soy either, so they can fit in almost everyone's diet. My family specifically loves the French toast flavor the apple pie, and the seasonal chocolate brownie flavor is to die for. I really hope that one is still available. When you're hearing this and you head to their website at scoutorganic.com, that's S-K-O-U-T organic.com, Scout offers a build-your-own-box option where you can pick and choose the exact flavors and quantities that you'd like for your family. Use the code K A C I E at checkout for 20% off your order at ScoutOrganic.com. I know you're just going to absolutely love them the way that we do.
1: So yeah, this pinch of salt. Even just smelling something you're working with, you have, you're have you adding cinnamon to muffins, say, put this under your nose. What does it remind you of? Just to start those connections to the food you're cooking. So smelling stuff, washing things, stirring something, adding a dumping one ingredient into the pot all those types of things.
0: I love that. And I think when they're really young, even just naming what you're working mm, with to say, this yeah. is a carrot, this is a parsnip, this is a turnip. That exactly. it can go a long way of laying the foundation.
1: Exactly. Because I've been in preschool classrooms where I hold up some foods and kids don't know what it is. And it's so important for their education and for them to eat it because the more they're familiar with the food, the more likely they are to eat it. And I know you talk about that all the time. But yeah, I have a I have an Instagram post about pre-cooking for babies. So things you can do as early as, you know, really any age when they're first in their high chair or when you're just holding them or when they're in the baby carrier, like you mentioned, talking about the food, just narrating what you're doing all those types of things are really helpful for just setting the foundation for kids being comfortable in the kitchen. So
0: I think sometimes we feel like we need to do more. Like we feel like we need to be doing some big recipe with them from start Mm -hmm. to finish or doing, you know, like a whole lesson when these things that really are just kind of what we'd be doing anyway, it takes just a little extra effort to maybe narrate it out loud or say something like that is really good. Like you're probably doing more than you even realize.
1: Yeah, exactly. You're already doing it. So
0: having that mindset shift of kids
1: being inclusive in the kitchen, you're already doing a lot of stuff and just, you know, showing them stuff and talking to them about it. Even having your kids play in the kitchen, you know, obviously safely out of the way, but bring the Legos to the table in the kitchen or the counter and they don't have to be doing anything, but they're there and that even makes a difference.
0: Yeah, I think some people grow up. A friend just said this to me the other day. She's like, I love how your kids are always in the kitchen with you. Because she said I growing up, it was kind of like, shoo, get out of the kitchen, you know, yeah. you're in the way. So mm-hmm. it it could be for some people very different from how they were raised.
1: Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I've heard that a lot too. And that's why I talk about the mindset of inclusivity. And yeah, I mean, it is sometimes inconvenient. I mean, I remember those days when my kids were clinging to my legs, and I was just like, I just want to make dinner, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) yes. (laughs) And that's when it's important to know that, like, having those distractions of them, like playing with other things in the kitchen, or, you know, I like to, when my kids were little, I'd peel a carrot and let them play with the peels. And you know, having, I love, I talk about kid safe knives a lot. And that's really a good way to make them feel like their quotations helping when they're really maybe just like squishing up something you didn't need. Yeah. <laughs> so I totally get that in the past, kids were kind of shooed away from the kitchen. But that's why I feel like it's so important to talk about and kind of make those changes.
0: Yeah. When I we agree. can. Totally. Now, what about if somebody who's listening is a preschool teacher or a caregiver, maybe out of their home, what are some of Mm -hmm. the top activities that you like to do with students that they enjoy the most?
1: Yeah. So my students, I I went into several preschools before, you know, March, 2020, but I'm happy (laughs) Why did it stop in March, 2020? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, something happened way back then. Yeah. So when I would bring in all those kids safe knives and cutting boards, you know, they're, they're super inexpensive. So getting a knife, butter knives aren't that useful, but I mean, you can use them in a pinch to cut bananas and things like that. So they love being able to cut their own food and just doing something like toasting a piece of bread, putting peanut butter on it, slicing the banana, and then doing the fancy garnish of sprinkling cinnamon or whatever else you have. I would highly recommend grabbing a kid safe knife. Kids also loved making smoothies, which is super easy because you can also involve their knife skills and not worry about what it looks like, you know, because they can chop off the greens of a strawberry or if you're using a banana, you know, cut that into pieces and then put it into the blender. And, um, you know, add a handful of spinach and all that good stuff. And it's so easy. And if your kiddo loves smoothies, it's just an easy thing to do. Or I used to bring my blender into preschool too.
0: (laughs) So yeah, those are great things. Okay. And you do have a blog post about teaching them to use a knife. Is that right?
1: Yes. Yes. I should have mentioned that. Um, I have a whole blog post with knife suggestions and where to start, When you're teaching kids to use a knife and just general tips. And I also have an Instagram video of um, like the best tips, how to cut food so it's easier for kids to cut through, how to teach them to saw through because like just the general just like pushing down doesn't really get you anywhere. You have to really get that back and forth motion for these Mm -hmm. kids safe knives. So all those kind of tips and tricks are important to teach them. Yeah, love
0: that. Okay, we'll link that. Now, mm-hmm. for the parents with the little, little ones, babies mm-hmm. or toddlers, their kid being able to actually cook may seem like a very far off skill. So what is possible in terms of them learning to actually make things on their own? Like what age, what can they learn to make? I know your boys are a little bit older now. So give us yeah. a glimpse of the future. That- a glimpse
1: of the future. Yeah. They'll <laughs> be too busy and they won't care. <laughs> Uh, no, my nine-year-old just started making his own smoothies, or he likes to call them milkshakes, because he, he came up to me one time and he said, Mom, I want to make a milkshake with my friends. And I said, but we don't have any ice cream. And he then he went to the iPad and Googled how to make a milkshake without ice cream. And he found a recipe. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Mind blown. (laughs) So he used like frozen strawberries, added a little sugar and milk and ice, and he made his own strawberry milkshake. Wow. Which I was, um, I was patting my secretly filming him and patting myself on the back (laughs) because he's the kid that always tells me cooking's not my thing, mom. Mm. So um, my little, my littler one who's seven has always been much more interested in cooking. He makes his own scrambled eggs with like my supervision and makes his own avocado toast and stuff like that. But honestly, it happens way before you think it will. And I think the most important thing to focus on is building that healthy relationship with food because before you know it, they will be able to buy their own food. I was like, the over the summer, my son had some of his own money and he biked to like a corner store with his friend and came home with a pile of candy. I'm not even joking you. <laughs> and I was like, wait, 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 what this happened already? Like you can buy your own food. Like what is happening? And I was like, freaking out. But then like, he was, he, you know, like he obviously was trying to flex that independence and trying mm-hmm. to figure out all those things. But you know, he eats a pretty balanced dinner. And like, I feel like I've done a good job exposing him to all different kinds of foods. So you know, just practicing, getting them used to all different kinds of situations is really the most important thing. And I think cooking is the key in in like involving them in the kitchen is really a key part of that, because they are going to use those skills for the rest of their life. You know, even if they can't cook You know, it's not about your five-year-old being able to make a quesadilla on his own. You know, we see all these videos of small children being able to make full meals, but that's that's not the goal. The goal is really them knowing that they can come to the kitchen and make themselves and other people food whenever they want to, you know, whenever they have that need to nourish themselves and nourish others. And that's a lifelong skill, you know, and the earlier we
0: start, the better. It's never too late.
1: But the earlier we start, the better building that um, confidence and ability in the kitchen. So Yeah,
0: I totally agree. It's interesting to see the difference in my two kids, too, because Mm -hmm. Amelia, who's younger, definitely is more interested in helping me out in the kitchen and being in there than Teddy is. But he still is learning his way. And I think that It has been a big change of him going to public school and knowing that, like at lunch, you know, he tells me he he kept asking me for fifty cents when he first started at school, and I was like, (laughs) okay. And then I learned that it's he can get either Doritos or a a Rice Krispie treat along the lunch is free at our school, Mm -hmm. but if you bring money, you can get a snack, which I'm fine (laughs) with. But we do talk a lot about like filling foods, so he knows Mm -hmm. that. Yes, he could eat just Doritos every day, but he's going to be starving.
1: Yeah, how does that affect
0: your body? And... I know I'm kind of getting on a different topic,
1: but no, no, no. <laughs> it's it's so it's all connected, which is so interesting to learn as a mom, especially you know you know how it's all connected and feeding kids and cooking and them being on their own, buying stuff someday.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> it just it the first time it happens, you're like, oh my god, like you procured food and I was not part of the process. Yeah, like I have
1: no control over what you eat. Oh wait, I never did.
0: Exactly, (laughs) yes. (laughs) On that note, thank you so much, Heather, for joining us. You have so many helpful, amazing resources on your website, on your Instagram. So we're gonna link everybody to that. So if you're looking for a place to get started, I love Heather's resources because like she said throughout this episode, it doesn't have to be this big, overwhelming thing. You don't need to have your three-year-old like cooking a whole, doing their own cooking show. I've seen some of those (laughs) kids on who are amazing, but it doesn't have to be that way. So thank Mm -hmm. you, Heather. Thank you.